You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 79. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Do you ever wonder what's next? What I mean is, will the market pull back again? Will the Fed raise interest rates again? Will inflation keep going up? And will clients keep having concerns? And also, do you ever wonder how you're going to manage and keep managing all of the uncertainties? Well, if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't know how to manage uncertainties. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really looked at a process for expecting the unexpected and how to manage what they're going to do in uncertain times. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn how to manage uncertainties by expecting the unexpected and having a plan to manage what you can and let the rest go. And that's what we're going to talk about today so that you can learn a process to help you keep calm when others are in the midst of chaos. So if you're ready to manage uncertainties, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to manage uncertainties and have a process for expecting the unexpected? Well, think of it this way. It's kind of like having a a spare tire. You don't want to have a flat, but if you do have a flat, you're expecting to know what to do. You just put the spare tire on and go get another tire. In other words, you're expecting the unexpected, and you're managing uncertainty. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today, because I wanted you to understand that there are certain things in your business that you can prepare for in case they happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover three things today. First, how to manage uncertainty so that you can understand how one advisor got back into the game. Second, the top five areas to create psychological safety so that you can expect the unexpected. And third, understanding the next level so that you have a process when you're ready for success. Now, before we jump into these three things, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like if you you knew how to manage uncertainties? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. How to Manage Uncertainty In the financial services industry, few things are certain. More times than not, uncertainty is the norm. The one thing that you can count on is that if you don't manage how you're going to react to uncertainty, uncertainty will end up managing you. Being emotionally tethered to events that are out of your control can never be a productive way to run your business. So, what are some of the ways that you can intervene during uncertain times or unforeseen circumstances to become better balanced with your actions and your reactions. Let's jump into a few. 
step one, determine the reality of the situation. Most of the time when advisors and agents are faced with, with wondering what might happen next, with the market, with the economy, with a difficult client, etc., advisors and agents tend to distort or exaggerate their view of possible outcomes. It's very easy to focus on the negativity because when your anxiety is really high, it's, it creates a lot of concern. And soon, some anxieties and ex- concerns multiply into additional thoughts that can spiral out of control. When this occurs, it's vital to simply stop and ask yourself this question. What's the reality of the situation? You know, if you think about that question, it helps, it helps you to put it all into perspective. You see, it's important to try and stay emotionally neutral when answering that question. And you might be surprised to find (laughs) the actual reality isn't as bad as you thought. And it reminds me of a client that I I have whose team manages actually over $2 billion in assets under management. One of their biggest clients who has $300 with them, well, that client one day called to say that they were thinking about moving their money somewhere else. Well, you can bet that that advisor was in a state of anxiety because because of the situation. I mean, he was about to lose $300 or him and his team were. So he talked about the reality of the situation. The reality was that they had not moved. They had not moved the money yet, anyway, and they may not move it. In fact, they were willing to hear what that advisor had to say before they made their decision. So... We went to the next step. Step two, determine your desired outcome and what you can control. See, the second step in this process is to be crystal clear on what you can, what you want to happen. What's your end result? What do you want it to be? If you don't determine your desired outcome, you're more than likely not going to get it and you won't find it. And once you've done this, You might also examine what it is that is in your control and what is not. For example, your desire to have a client getting better returns. Now, what is in your control with that? Can you control the market, their risk tolerance, or their ultimate decision to invest with you and your recommendations? No. However, you can decide to give them the best advice, the best possible advice, that is, based on all the information and all your expertise that you can. So let's get back to the story. <laughs> what we knew was that they were willing to move $300 million. That's not good. And we also knew the reason why. It was because they could get a better rate somewhere else. But what they didn't know is that my client, the advisor, had another product that was going to be even better than what they had, what they currently had, and what the competition wanted to compete with. So our desired outcome was to help them understand that they not only don't want to move the money, but they they want the new product that was going to get them a better rate of return than they expected. So we mapped out the plan, the plan of what to do, what to say, how to say it, how to handle the objections, and we practiced the presentation. Oh, and we worked on expecting the unexpected by coming up with all sorts of possible objections that he could possibly get during that presentation. In other words, we were focused on what he could control. And we move to the next step. 
Step three, take action and track your progress. The third step is to take action. Map out your plan and execute that plan right away. There's something to be said about the saying, action alleviates anxiety. The way to sustain this momentum is to keep focusing on your activities by tracking your action and tracking your progress. So back to the story. At this point, all he had to do was meet with the client, or should I say the clients, because it was actually a board. It was the board of the company, and he needed to give the presentation. He literally had to fly in to see them because it was in another country. He met with the board, heard their concerns, went through the presentation, and finished with the alternative close with something like, quote, the real question you need to ask yourself is, do you want less guaranteed monthly income? Or do you want more guaranteed monthly income? And with that, he was done. He went to the airport, got on a flight, and went home. And the next day, he got a call. He got a call from his client. And that client said, quote, we're keeping the account with you and we're moving it into that product that you recommended because we want more monthly income, unquote. And with that, he managed uncertainty. The top five areas to create psychological safety. Well, maybe you don't have a $300 million client, and that's okay. But you do have a lot of clients. A lot of clients that are probably feeling uncertain about their investments, the market, or whatever right now. And what this does is to create what's known as, quote, the psychology of uncertainty, unquote. Here's what I mean. The human brain prefers to know an outcome one way or the other to take the edge off. If it doesn't know what's around the corner, it cannot keep us out of harm's way. And when you don't know what's going to happen to you, it causes the brain to make up a lot of different possible scenarios, all sorts of untested stories all day long, because uncertainty equals danger. Nobody likes danger. But what if you knew how to create what's known as, quote, psychological safety, unquote. Psychological safety is, is really the feeling of knowing or being one's whole self at work, taking risks and being vulnerable without fear of negative consequences. And what if the way to get rid of your fears is just to expect the unexpected? Think of it this way. Think back to that, that analogy, the spare tire. You drive around with a spare tire, not because you expect to have a, a flat today, but you do expect to be ready for a flat when it's unexpected, just out of the blue, because you really don't know when that can happen. You might drive over some nails someday, or the tire might just be old and have a flat. You see, the, quote, psychological safety, unquote, comes from knowing that you have a spare tire, regardless of what happens. Well, what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about what I call the top five areas to create psychological safety in your business so that you're ready to expect the unexpected and you can stop worrying about your business because you know what to do when others don't. So let's jump into the first one. Psychological safety number one, expecting 
market fluctuations. Maybe you have a number of clients concerned about the market right now, and you know that the market is basically it's out of your control. It always has been. But you also know that you want them to feel at ease. So the psychological uncertainty is you and your clients don't know which way the market is going to go right away. And you may not know which way the market's going to go at any given time. And it's even worse when you're in a bear market because the market's down, it's been down, and you don't know what to do. So let's create some psychological safety in your business, which could be this. You could read your company's market commentary as well as the economic reports. Maybe you do. Then you could use a tool that I created called the 60-second market story. It's just a template to fill out that is broken up into three parts, the past, the present, and the future, or the possible future, that is. Next, you could call clients to see how they're feeling and ask them if they're open to hearing what you have to say and if they're open to hearing what's been happening. And finally, you could finish the conversation asking them how they feel. And you'll probably notice that your clients will feel better because they know that you took the time to call them because you care. Now think about that, that process, and compare it to that the last time you found yourself emotionally distraught over uncertainty because the market pulled back and it pulled back again and again. And ask yourself this, what type of advisor would your clients rather work with? The one who lets uncertainty manage him or her or the one who takes control of uncertainty as best they can? I'm confident that you know the answer. And it reminds me of a client that I had during COVID, when March 2020, when COVID hit. See, most financial advisors didn't know what to do. They were in lockdown, and they'd never been in lockdown before, and they were concerned about the market tanking. And so were their clients. But I had a process. I had a process for my clients, my financial advisory clients and insurance clients, and, and what they needed to do to be proactive during that time. And one of my financial advisory clients took it to the next level. He did everything that I explained to, to him to create psychological safety. He filled out the 60-second market story. He called all of his clients to explain past, present, and possible future. He explained that he didn't have a crystal ball, but that he, that he wanted them to sit tight. But then he did something that nobody else did. He called every prospect that he didn't close in the previous two years. And he asked them, how are you holding up? Do you mind if I tell you what, what I'm telling my clients? And he told the 60-second market story. And then he would ask them, what's your current financial advisor saying about the market and what to do? And here's what he found. He found out that most of them, most of those people that didn't become a client, well, their financial advisor wasn't even calling them. Finally, he asked, quote, why would you want to work with an advisor that doesn't call you? during a pandemic, unquote. And he gathered assets. You see, during lockdown, he did Zoom calls with his clients, he did Zoom calls with prospects, and he built his business while other advisors were sitting in silence. I, I hope you're starting to see what having psychological safety can do for you. Now let's go to the next one. Psychological safety number two. Expecting interruptions. Okay, you cannot avoid interruptions. That's why they're called interruptions. But what you can do is expect interruptions and know what to do when you get them. 
So the psychological uncertainty is that when you're busy in the midst of doing whatever you're doing, you might be interrupted at any time. And the more clients you have, the higher probability that you're going to get interrupted. Now, the, quote, psychological safety, unquote, is to have a tool to manage the interruptions and and all the tasks that you have to do all day long, every day. And the tool is the Advisor Solutions Time Matrix To-Do List. And it's a simple tool that I created years ago, and it works like this. So picture this. You've got an Excel spreadsheet, and it's got the following columns. The first column is date. The second is name, the name of the client or the person that interrupted you. The third column, activity. Why did they interrupt you? Then the following columns are just numbered, number one, two, three, and four. And then the final column is done. And here's why they're numbered, one, two, three, four. One is now, so I need to take care of it right now. Two is today. Three is this week, and four is whenever. Now here's how it works. So you minimize it on your computer. You get interrupted. You open it up. You put the date in, the name the activity, what did they want, then you have the conversation with them to explain that you or somebody else, you might delegate this, will we'll get back to them at another time. Then you mark the column. Either it's a one, two, three, four. In other words, I have to do it now, today, this week, or whenever. Then you go back to doing what you're doing. That's the idea. And it works. And finally, You simply time block a time when you're going to take care of all of these interruptions, all of these client servicing things that you needed to take care of. You see, the psychological safety is in knowing that you have a process to manage those interruptions and the tasks that seem to be overwhelming. And believe me, I've been there. And it reminds me of when I created the tool. You see, years ago, I was a financial advisor. I was a financial advisor for 13 years. And I was about 10 years into my business, and I was super reactive with tasks and interruptions. I'd work on something. I'd get, I'd get ready for a point, an appointment or prospect or whatever I was doing, and I'd get interrupted. I'd stop everything, put out that fire, go back to what I was doing, and get interrupted again, and do the same thing over and over and over again all day long. And here's the problem. I had so many clients and so many interruptions that one day I realized I had a 42-item to-do list. My voicemail was absolutely full, and I didn't want to delete anybody because I knew if I deleted anybody on that voicemail, somebody else was going to call and leave a voicemail. That's a terrible way to do client servicing. And then I read a book called First Things First by Stephen Covey. And in that book was something that he called the Time Matrix Management System. His number one was important and urgent. And then his number two, important, not urgent. Number three, urgent, not important. And number four, not urgent and not important. Well, I simplified that. I just decided that I would, I would make it now, today, this week, or whenever. You see, once I did this, it was a game changer because what I did is I expected interruptions. And what I also did is I expected what to do when I got interrupted. So the psychological safety... It's in having a better process that manages uncertainty of what what will happen eventually, which is get interrupted. Now get this. My current time matrix to do has taps for each month, and I've kept the same one since October 2018. 
So I literally can tell you what I did every day in every month for over five years. And instead of dreading the next interruption or task, I look at it as an opportunity to just take care of it or actually delegate it or put it on the time matrix to do to figure out exactly when I'm going to take care of it. You see, when I highlight it that it's done, I think of it as a badge of honor because I got it done. But I did it at the right time and I was in control. Let's go to the next one. Psychological safety number three, expecting rejection. Let's face it, rejection is a big part of the financial services industry. It always has been and it always will. I've never met a financial advisor, insurance agent, or wholesaler that built their business who didn't get rejected. But here's the thing. The, quote, psychological uncertainty, unquote, is that you might get rejected at any given time. That is, if you put yourself out there and prospect. The certainty is that you don't prospect, you don't get rejected. But the uncertainty is you might get rejected any any time that you prospect. Here's the problem. You know as well as I do that if you don't prospect, you don't grow. So what a lot of people do is that they get to a level in their business and they stop growing because they don't want to get rejected. And that's why it's so important to understand the, quote, psychological safety, unquote, when it comes to rejection. Here's what it is. It's your perception of rejection that dictates how you feel about rejection. Here's what I mean. If you view rejection as, a, as them rejecting you personally, then you probably will see every rejection as a negative situation. But if you view rejection as them not understanding their own challenge and them not understanding that you have the solutions, then it's not a negative. It's a positive because all you need to do is help them to understand your value, your business value, that you can bring them to help them with their challenges. So think of it this way. The last prospect that you turned into a client understood your value and what you could bring to them. But the last prospect that didn't want to talk to you didn't understand how you could help them. That's simple. Help them understand how you can help them. And if a prospect doesn't want to take the time to listen to you when you're trying to explain, (laughs) you have the power to choose how you value that stranger. You know, a great example of this is my first boss, (laughs) what he did to handle rejection. In 1993, I became an RIA, Registered Investment Advisor. I was working for three principal partners, and one of the principal partners was Tom, a 45-year-old former school teacher. He was also a prospecting machine. I could hear this guy on the other side of my wall every day. He prospected for four hours a day, and he had been in the business for over a decade. From 8 o'clock until noon, he was getting rejected. (laughs) And I asked him one day, how do you handle the rejection? And he looked at me and he said, is that all you got? And I said, wait a minute. Are you asking me or are you telling me how you handle rejection? And he said, that's what I say to myself when they hang up. Is that all you got? I said, wait a minute. So you reject them on how poorly they are at rejecting you? He said, yeah, and I don't even care. 
<laughs> Do you see the, quote, psychological safety in what he was doing? He expected rejection, and he expected people to be bad at it. Also, by saying, quote, is that all you got, unquote, he created a safe way to handle rejection. But get this, that's only one way. <laughs> I've created 25 ways to handle rejection. So if you have a fear of rejection, expect the unexpected, because you'll get rejected. But better yet, learn any or all of the 25 ways to handle rejection, and you will create psychological safety. Let's go to the next one. Psychological safety number four. Expect objections. Now, objections are a close cousin to rejection, but they're not the same thing. Here's what I mean. Someone might say, quote, it's expensive. I need to think about it. I'm going to hold off right now, unquote. Now, you might view that as rejection, but it's really not. It's simply an objection. Remember, objections are merely a natural part of the sales process. And if you view objections as just another step in the sales process, then it's not any scarier than your recommendations. In fact, it's the next step after your recommendations. You give them the recommendation, you ask them for the order, and they say, let me think about it. Let me talk it over with my spouse. Seems expensive, or whatever they say. And then you go to the next step. So let's get crystal clear on this subject, that objections are not rejection. They're not rejecting you personally. The reason that they're not moving forward right now, or at that second, when they give you that objection, is because they've got a concern. That's it. That's all. They just have a concern, and you haven't gotten through it yet. But here's the thing. The, quote, psychological uncertainty is that you might get the same objection you had in the past that you couldn't overcome, and that you might get the same result of closing, which you didn't close, which could create anxiety. So that's why it's so important to understand the, the quote, psychological safety, unquote, when it comes to handling objections. And here's what it is. The need to prepare for objections by having two important techniques down pat so that you know that you, you can do the smokescreen technique to find the real objection. Smokescreen technique is easy. It's just empathy, acknowledgement, open-ended question, closed-ended question. So when they say, well, let me think about it, I completely understand it's, a, it's something that it's a big decision. What is it that you need to think about first? Well, it seems expensive. Is there anything else? No, it just seems expensive. So the first was really not to get through the objections, but get to the objection. And the second way is the objection resolution model. That's easy too. It's empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. And here's an example of the objection resolution model. When you find out that they think it's expensive, you simply say, I completely understand it's not free, but I'm kind of curious. What does it cost you if you don't have this coverage? And they might say, well, yeah, it could cost a lot. Exactly. It'll help your family make sure that they have peace of mind. It'll be able to help your spouse to maintain the same lifestyle. And it'll also help you to know that your kids will be able to stay in the same house and not have to move. Does that make sense? 
So all I did was the objection resolution model. You see, I've said it before and I'll say it again, winging it doesn't work. Instead, you need a process, process for everything. And when it comes to objections, you need to have a system that can help you overcome them. Now, I got to tell you, years ago, a newer advisor, in fact, he wasn't literally licensed, was hired by his father. He was a rookie, brand new rookie. And his, hire, his dad was a client of mine. His dad had been a veteran for 30 years, and he wanted his son to come into the business. So he started him out as a cold caller to set appointments for him before he even got the job. His dad had me train him on these techniques and other techniques, and I had him in a group. And I had him map out exactly what to say, how to say it, how to handle the objections. And I had it all on an Excel spreadsheet called the Advisor's Edge. See, he had an edge over the competition. We worked on all of that. And I remember the day that we were role-playing in group, and the other group members hadn't heard about this. And I had him role-play it, and they were shocked. I had people in there that had been in the business for 20-plus years who said, how did he do that? And how did he do it so well? You see, he had been handling objections for weeks, and he was prepared. He knew what to do. But the veterans, they'd given up on getting objections for years because they weren't prepared. So <laughs> the psychological safety when it comes to handling objections is easy. You learn the process. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Psychological safety number five. Expect unhappy clients. Nobody wants to have an unhappy client, but at some point in your career, I absolutely guarantee you somebody's going to be unhappy. They will be unhappy about the market, the economy, their performance, or something else. Somebody is going to be unhappy. Now, the quote, psychological uncertainty, unquote, is that you never really know who that person is when somebody is going to give you a call because they're unhappy about something. So when you have unhappy clients and you have one or two or three in a short period of time, it can cause anxiety. I've had clients call me, my financial advisory and insurance clients, and ask me, what am I doing wrong? I had three unhappy clients this week and it had nothing to do with them. And that's why it's so important to understand the, quote, psychological safety, unquote, when it comes to unhappy clients. And here's what it is. Number one. Know what your responsibility is, such as what you recommend to people. Number two, know what your responsibility is not, such as the stock market, the economy, interest rates, and so on. Number three, know how to explain that to the client so that they can decide if they really want to be unhappy or not. Number four, know when to let a client go because you don't have to have every client that you have right now if they're not a good client. And it reminds me of a, <laughs> a newer advisor years ago in 2008 when I was coaching him and his entire team. When he would get unhappy clients calling him about their returns in 2008, he would listen. He'd say, quote, you're unhappy. We are unhappy too. We eat our own cooking, unquote. <laughs> I thought that was a great way to, to help them to understand. In other words, he was saying to them that that they invest in the exact same things that his clients do. And their portfolios are down as well. And then he would tell them to sit tight. And by being ready to know what to say, he was prepared 
for the unhappy client. And he was managing the uncertainty of these types of calls in a very tough year. You see, when you use this or any and all of the top five areas to create psychological safety, you're actually setting yourself up to expect the unexpected. And you're setting yourself up for a major breakthrough in your business to get to the next level. But how do you do that? How do you get to the next level? Well, that is what we're going to talk about next. Understanding the next level. So I said we'd cover three things in this podcast. First, how to manage uncertainty. Check, we did that. Second, the top five areas to create psychological safety. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about understanding the next level. So you know what to do when you're ready to succeed. You probably know by now that how important it is to have, quote, psychological safety, unquote, by expecting the unexpected and having tools, techniques, strategies, and solutions for expecting something to happen and knowing what to do when it does. In fact, every story in this podcast was about somebody that now feels that they have more control over their business. But what you might not know is that by getting the right coach to help you create, quote, psychological safety, unquote, can actually get you to that next level a lot faster. In fact, I've been coaching financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and agency managers since 2004, and I've been in the industry since 1993. And so, as a result, I'm confident that wherever you are, whatever level you're at, I can help you. The only real question is, are you ready for the next step? So what's the next step? It's simple. It's easy. I say it all the time. All you have to do, takes 30 seconds, is shoot me an email. Send me an email that says, let's talk. And what we'll do is we'll set up a time to talk, talk about your challenges, and help you to get through those with solutions. And here's how. Email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com so we can talk. And this is absolutely the right step in the right direction because if you do, if you do email me, you'll start a process of getting the connections, the camaraderie, and the ancillary learning that you've always needed. Also, you'll be able to finally have the solutions to manage uncertainty. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions group coaching program or the Advisor Solutions individual coaching programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.